Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. Going to just you know jump right into it um, if you can. I just want to um, invite you to get out your Bibles or get out your Bible app, and I want you to go. I want to ask you to go to the Book of Romans, chapter twelve, verse nine. That's where we're going to be at today. And if you're joining us online, thank you so much for being here or listening. Thank you for being a part of this. Um, now, um, I would say this: if you've been a part of Silverdale for a bit, or even if you've really been a part of any church for a bit, you, you'll, you'll, you'll know that churches are similar to life and that churches have rhythm to them. There's a rhythm to churches. There's a rhythm to life. We've got rhythms here at Silverdale Baptist Church. Um, one of our rhythms is this, at um, August, generally every August, um, as school is, the summer is ending and school is starting back, um, what we like to do, we're all getting started, we come back to, you know, we, we like to have a church-wide series. And what I mean by church-wide series is it's a series where um, Pastor Tony and I, we're going to preach through um, a, a, a series and we're going to be looking at discipleship in this series, but not only will we be preaching through the series, we're also going to have all of our small groups following along and learning what we're teaching during the messages. So that's the church-wide series. We do this every every August. And so what I want to do this week, this ser- that series is going to begin next week. Next week, we begin our discipleship series and our small groups will begin a- as well. And so what I want to do today is before we start the new series starting next week is I want us as a people to look at small groups. I want to talk about biblical community. And if you're not in a small group, if you're not in some sort of biblical community, if you're not consistent in church or part of a church, I want to encourage you to get in one and I want to encourage you to be a part of that. And so we'll be talking about that. We'll look at that. Hey, let's say this. Maybe not only that, maybe you're here today and you're saying, you know, I'm thinking about, I'd like to start a small group. We can do that as well. And we would love to talk to you, but we're going to talk about today, Christian community. All right. God has so ordained that we grow, Christian growth, spiritual growth as individuals is based in community. We grow to look more like Christ. God has designed it by living in being a part of Christian community. I say it like this, um, the people you do life with, right? The people you, who you spend time with, the people you have around you, it matters, It matters who is around you. I say your crew matters. Why? Why does it matter? Why does it matter who you hang out with? It matters because, we've talked about this before, it matters because those whom you spend time with and do life with, you gradually become like them. You look like the people you roll with. You just do, right? You do. And I can give you, I can give you countless examples um, I want to give you an example. This is one of my favorite examples. I think I might have told some of you about this before, but it's one of my favorite examples, all right? This is, this is so true, man. I lived in um, East Africa for nine years, um, and there's a region in Tanzania called Bacoba. It's Bacoba region. 
And in Bacoba, they grow coffee, man. Coffee, I love coffee. We all love coffee. I, I understand we don't have coffee here during this service right now, but generally we, we love coffee. We love, we love coffee. But in Bacoba, they also have something they're known for in addition to coffee. They're also known, it's a Swahili word called senene. Senene, what is that? That's the Swahili word for grasshopper. Grasshopper, that's a grasshopper. Or a, <laughs> um, this is free of charge. Insect in Swahili is called mdudu, so or doo And so once again, that's the, you, can, you can go, I don't know, Google that. It's true, all right? And um, I'll let you know this. In that region, you got the coffee, you got, you got these grasshoppers, okay? A certain season of the year, the grasshoppers come out. Now there's a tribe in the Bacoba region called the Haya. I love the Haya. Got Haya friends, got Haya people. There's some Haya probably watching right now or when this comes out, you know, they're watching the Haya. I love the Haya. But for a particular time in the year when the Sanene come out, the Haya, what they do is, is, is they eat the grasshoppers. They eat grasshoppers. They just eat grasshoppers, man. Now I'm telling you right now, nobody in this room or watching or listening gonna think that's normal. Normal. Well, I'll tell you this right now. You get some Haya friends and you hang out with the Haya, you're going to eat some grasshoppers. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. I know. You know what I'm saying? I know. I know. I know. You're going to eat the grasshoppers. You're right. But if you don't hang out, you never do it. It matters. It matters. I love lovely people doing lovely things. You're going to hang out with them. They eat the grasshoppers. You're going to say, I don't know. Maybe it looks good. Maybe it tastes good. Not, no, not, the little leg gets caught in the teeth. It's okay, man. But it's, it's, it's a universal truth. You're going to look like you're going to hang out with the people you hang out with. You will. Absolutely will. Okay? Who you hang out with matters. Therefore, I would say this. If you're rolling with people who seldom attend church, my friend, I imagine you will soon be seldom attending church. You hanging out with people who don't read their Bible, you hanging out with people who don't take the word of God seriously, then in no time at all, you too will not be taking the word of God seriously. The reality, the reality is this. I see many Christians and they're content living the spiritual media core Christian life. And they're cool with it because everyone they surround themselves with, they're pretty, they're pretty cool with that as well. They think it's normal. Think it's normal, man. They think it's normal. I remember, man, there's, I don't want to go too many rabbit trails, but I remember when I, man, started hanging out with some Christian, some really strong Christian guys. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to church. I think I go to church, I go to church, I go to church twice, twice a month, man. You give me a little pat on the back, calling my mom up. I went to church twice. <laughs> I start rolling with some boys, rolling the deep end. Those doors open, those men were in church. Not only that, they were serving. And I start hanging out with them and it totally reorganized the way I think. So your crew matters. Who you hang out with matters. So we're gonna go to Romans chapter 12, verse nine, because in Romans chapter 12, verse nine, we're going to get the marks of a Christian community. We're going to, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anyone says Christian community is supposed to look like. What does the Bible say? Romans 12, nine tells us directly what Christian community is supposed to look like. And so there's eight character qualities of Christian community. Now, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've struggled going through this. I have, because before I preach to you, I preach to me. 
and I've been going through this and it's been difficult because after every mark, I'm going to ask you a question and I've been asking myself the same questions and I don't know. I know, well, I do know this. I'm not where I need to be. Either way, let's look at it. Christian community, what is it supposed to look like? Let's walk through it, all right? We'll begin. First mark, first mark, first mark. We'll see this is we Christians are sincere. Sincere. Here's what verse nine, first four words. Here's what it says. Come on, look, look, look. Let love be genuine. All right, that's good. That's good. That's good. Now, Paul is talking to the church, the Christian community, and it literally reads in the Greek, let our love, let love be without deception. Let it be without hypocrisy, okay? So apparently, you can look at that inversely. Apparently, there is the, we have the ability to have a love that is not genuine, not real, right? You can command someone to have genuine love unless ingenuine love exists. So you get, you get this command. Um, John Calvin says this, and I love it. He goes, it is difficult to express how ingenuous all, almost all men are in counterfeiting a love which they do not really possess. That's true. That's absolutely true, man. Um, when I think about love, when I think about, well, the love that I think that we are most familiar with is what I would call transactional love. Now we get that. The world's full of transactional love, right? I'm familiar with that. Transactional love is the type of love, you know, I'm going to love you I'm going to care for you. I'm going to have affection for you as long as you are giving me what I need and what I want. That's a transactional love. A lot of people operate, a lot of people going around operating with transactional love, right? They do, they, they, they do that. But it's dangerous because it's fickle, man. So you're sitting there and you have this transactional love relationship, whatever going on. And as soon as you quit giving them what they need or they quit giving you what you need, then that love dissipates. That's not what Paul talking about here. That is not, God does not love us with this phony, fake, ingenuine type of love, right? Like, like he's not in need of anything. There's nothing that I can offer him or give him that he does not yet already possess. He loves us unconditionally. Now, Paul is saying a mark of the Christian community is that we too love in that manner. So, Love is a primary mark of the Christian community. And so, I'll say this. When maybe a Christian comes and tells me that they're not in Christian community, and by the way, I hear that too often. I'm not in any sort of Christian community. I irregularly attend church, and when I do attend church, I'll tell you something, I'm not doing anything, right? I'm not doing anything. I love to ask those individuals this question. How in the world do you then practice a genuine love towards fellow believers? How do you do it, right? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Now, now it's true, man. Some, some have told me, some have told me, they say this lovingly. Well, I don't know if it's lovingly because maybe they don't have the, the they mean this transactional love. I don't know. But they'll say, they'll, 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 they've said stuff like this to me. Well, Travis, check this out. I love my Friends, I love my friends. Oh, I'm one of my friends. I'm like, well, that's good, man. That's good. But that's not what Paul's talking about. Let me tell you something. Even non-Christians love their friends, right? Like, seriously, 
It's not that difficult to love a group of people who look like you, act like you, like all the things you like. That's not, you know, like a, a great thing that you have accomplished. And, and let's, let's, be certain, let's be fair here. Most of us, we surround ourselves with, or we have a tendency to surround ourselves with people who like us. When are you gonna be just like me? For many of us, church right now is the time where we have the most diversity around us. And God has saved us and called us out of this diversity so that we might worship him. He gets glory from it. And you and I begin to look a lot more like Jesus through it. And so that's what we say there, all right? And I get it. Some of us are, no, yeah, I know. Once again, I don't want to stick on this too long, but you know it's true. And I go, man, but Travis, man, you know, some of the people in church are just, just hard to love, you know, they are, they are. No, because people say, hey, Travis, no, when they whisper, people, anytime, sometimes people pull me aside and they whisper like, hey, 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 hey. They're like, like so-and-so and whoever's, they're kind of odd. They're kind of odd. They're kind of difficult to love. They get on my nerves or whatever, 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 whatever. My reply is good, good. It's not a sin to get on your nerves. It's not a sin to get on my nerves. And have you ever thought that, maybe that person has been put in your life by God so that you might, they might get on your nerves so that you might be transformed to and look more like Christ. All right, so here's the question. I got eight of these questions, got eight of them and I've been asking myself. Let me just say this. The eighth question is the hardest one for me and I'll talk about that, but here's the first one. Are you practicing sincere, genuine love? Ask yourself, listen, listen, listen. You don't, 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 you don't answer it for anyone else. Don't tap someone on their back and say, hey, you're not. You know, we don't do that. But yeah, ask yourself, all right? Second mark, we practice discernment, church. Keep going, verse nine. Arbor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. That's the Christian community. Now, this is a bit odd to me when you read it because that word arbor did I pronounce that right a boar a boar arbor is a tree isn't it a boar a boar same thank you thank you I'm from a small town this is the way we talk I don't know we see a tree we call it a tree you know I don't know a boar a boar you know I'm going to preach this two more times I'll say it right the next time okay let me, tell you, let me tell you something real quick. That word, arbor, abhor, whatever you want to say, I don't know. It's the strongest word that you can use for hate, right? That's what it is. It means to loathe. It means to detest. It means to place upon that object and hit it with great ferociousness. That's what it means, okay? But Paul has just told us to love what, 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 what genuinely, right? So he says, love genuinely. And then he says, hate hate with great ferociousness. Now that's kind of odd there, unless you notice what we are commanded to hate. What are we commanded to hate? The object that we are to hate, evil, that's right. So I think that's a grand, kind of a grand call to practice discernment, church. We are to love what is good and we are to hate what is evil because evil is the enemy of Christ likeness. My goal, your goal, our goal is to have Christ likeness, right? Now, we live in a culture, right? 
that is shaped by the forces of evil and opposed to Christ's likeness. It is. That's the world we're in. It's opposed to Christ's likeness. The reality is the more familiar, familiar you are with the world's culture, the more tolerant of it you will become. In other words, check this out. You can become tolerant of the very thing that prohibits or works against your stated goal. My stated goal is Christ's likeness, but I am involved in, tolerant of, in, in, in this, and it's going to surround me and come around me so much so that it is difficult for me to get to my goal, Christ's likeness. And so you have this going on, and we're walking around, guys, we're walking around like this doesn't exist, and you're sitting and you're going, why do I not look more like Christ? Could it be that perhaps I'm doing a lot of unchrist-like things? I am becoming, I don't know, immune to this. It's easy. It's easy. This is going to happen. Listen, listen, listen. This is, okay, okay. This is not spiritual, but you're going to get the point. Last year, last year, last year, I like to hike and do things in my family. And there was this mountain I wanted to, we wanted to climb. All right? It doesn't matter what mountain not a major mountain, it's a medium mountain. But I said to myself, I go to myself, I say, self, whatever, I want to get in better shape because I want to be able to go up there. Here's the deal, once again, if you hike with your family, you got to know, you got to carry a lot of water, okay? So I want to be in better shape. So I start exercising. That's my goal. I'm going to exercise. And I I did, I want to lose a little bit of weight, all right? I thought if I lost five pounds, then I'd be able to carry 10 more pounds of water, something like that. It doesn't matter. So that's my goal, all right? But here's the deal. I kept going to Dairy Queen twice a week to get a dipped cone. I love the dipped cones, man. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Guys, listen to this one. Last week I go to Dairy, I go to the DQ, man. I go to the DQ. I go up to the window and she gives me my dipped cone and she goes, hey, I recognize you. And I'm like, I do get a lot of ice cream. I do, I do. And she goes, no, I go to your church. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Why isn't the ice cream cone bigger, you know? <laughs> but that's, another, that's the whole other thing. Anyway, I get, point is this, man. I'm sitting there, this is my goal, yet I'm going to Dairy Queen twice a week to get my dip cone. They are in opposition of one another, Right? And then I wonder why I'm not able to get in the shape that I want to get into. It's the same way. We're going for Christ-likeness, right? I've got to discern. What does he say? You got to hate evil, hold fast to good. Both. You can't just love good and tolerate evil. You can't just hate evil and not embrace good. You've got to seek the goodness, the discernment. You got to hate evil. By the way, this is a point I'll probably make over and over and again. That's done where? In Christian community. You know, some guy, some guy, you know, I, 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 I can accommodate something and one of you will come up to me and say, lovingly, Travis, that's evil. And I'll say, I don't know about that. And then you'll say, let's talk and we'll talk. You help me and I help you. Second question, do you hate evil and hold fast to good? That's the second question. Third mark. We show affection. Look at this, guys. Love one another with brotherly affection. This is very clear. One another, one another. That means other Christians, right? Fellow Christians, you and I, right? Let me tell you this right now. You cannot show brotherly love to one another in a deep, meaningful way unless you're around them, right? 
I think this is a good question. How are you going to love me if you're not around me? How am I going to love you if you're not around, if I'm not around you? You can look around this room. It's a big room. There's people up in the balcony love you too, right? But we these are the people right here, this room, right here, right here, right here, right here. We show love towards each other. And you get this word brotherly affection real quick, Greek, Philadelphia, you're probably, it's a compound word, familiar with it. Phileo, tender love, Adelphios, brother. Now, real quick, this is the interesting thing. Originally, that terminology, having this Philadelphia towards one another, was only used in a familiar way, in a family. The Apostle Paul, by inspiration of God the Spirit, takes that word out the world and he applies it to the church, to us, so that we are to have that same kind of family love for one another. Now, here's the question. This is my question. What's the difference? No, follow me here. Because when you read the Bible, I want to know what it means, you know? And he said there, said, we're going to have brotherly love. I'm like, well, here's my question. What's the difference between brotherly love and any other kind of love? What's the primary differences, right? That's, that was my question. So I research it and I try to think of why. If I've got to, I want to apply this to us. What? There's two primary characteristics of brotherly love that's different than what would be any other kind of love. Two things, two words. One, obligation. Two, priority, right? That's brotherly love, fam, fam, family love. So you look around this room, Christians, the people in here, we are commanded to have an obligation to one another. Yeah, 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 we're obligated. We carry an obligation to one another and priority. The men and women in this room have a priority, right? Now, once again, you're like, once again, we go, I get it, man. Sounds good on a bumper sticker. It was good. It does. It does. We might have some shirts made, but it's hard, man. It's hard, man. Because once again, we got, we got, we got, we got, you know, some, some nuts around here. <laughs> no, I know. No, seriously, this guy, this guy, yeah, he's wearing, well, you got, yeah, you got, you got sandals on and you got white socks on and it's August. Might be a red flag, might be. No, I'm joking, but seriously, seriously. But is that, is that not like your own family? Is it not? You know what I'm saying? You go to a family reunion. No, you go to Thanksgiving, right? Who among you? don't have a nut in the house. You know what I'm saying? And let me tell you this. If you come up here and say, there's no nuts in my family, it means you do nut. That's exactly what it means, man. That's what it means. But we have that, all right? So here's the question. Are you showing brotherly affection? Priority. Seriously, look around to the people in this room. That's what I'm talking about. The people in this room. Four. We give honor. Let me go through this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Once again, this one was difficult and is difficult for me. I may try to push it together so we can get through with this, get done, go through all these, but it's the ideal is not putting ourselves above others, right? But it's showing honor to putting other believers before you. Now, this is where I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a rabbit trail here. I'm going to get personal here. I want to get personal. I'm going to tell you about this. 
Because I read that and I'm told, to sh- I'm, I'm told that I'm, I'm told that one of my goals is to outdo you in showing you honor. So my question to me was, how do I do that? I love you. How can I outdo you? I wanna outdo you. I wanna show you more honor than you show me. How is that done? Well, I'm gonna share with you. You can do this with me if you want to. I've, I've been working on this. This is some discipline. One word that came to my mind, even before this message, because I've been working on this for a while, is the word yield. I want to yield myself to you. I think I out honor you by yielding to you. I'm not saying let you run over me. I'm not saying I let you, you belittle me. I'm not saying, you know, not have discussions. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about yielding to you on my personal preferences. I'm talking about, seriously, Yield, right? Yield, man. I ain't got to open my big old, big old mouth every stinking time I disagree with you. My flesh wants to, man. This flesh does not like to yield, but I think I honor you when I yield and it gives me a lot of peace, right? So here's what I've been doing. You can do this too. You don't have to. I'm just telling you. I may get done here and you may be saying, Travis, that's the lamest thing I ever heard. That's cool. I'm just, this is personal. This is what I'm doing. I've been doing this and I'm trying to get better at it. All right. I look for opportunities to yield to the people I love. I do. Once again, not having people run over me. But why is it when someone disagrees with me, I got to go, you know, why? You just got to yield, man. Yield, Travis. And sometimes it's hard. This flesh dislikes yielding to other people. But I'm telling you, I really believe that I show you the people I love, I'm gonna gonna outdo you. I'm telling you, I'm gonna brag on that. I'm gonna outdo you. That is my goal. I want to outdo all of you and showing you honor. And I pray we do that all together. Once again, yielding does not mean compromising. Yielding does not mean letting someone run over you. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, these little conversations we have, whatever. And bring that over to social media. Ain't nobody on social media yielding, all right? You can put up a red dot and say, this is red. (laughs) In a minute, you're gonna have someone arguing with you, all right? Here's the question, do you give honor? All right, five, we have enthusiasm. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Um, So you got a negative command and a positive command. The negative command is do not be slothful in your zeal for Jesus, positive, but be fervent in spirit, serve. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. That's a hard one, church. So I come up here and say, hey, serve. Now the Bible says, serve the Lord. You're a Christian. This is your church. This is your family. I don't know what it's like at your house at dinner time, but at dinner time at my house, everybody got a job. Everybody's serving. Everybody doing something. This is your house. This is your family. Come on. Let's get those hands dirty. All right. Serve the Lord. The implication here is once again, left on our own, we will naturally drift towards slothfulness spiritually. I'm glad you, yeah, thank you for that because we know, every, everybody knows that's true. You know, trash, you ain't tell me something I don't know. We all know it. All you gotta do is nothing. You do nothing. We're gonna, we all drift away. 
Paul says, don't do that. Don't do that, right? Don't be slothful in your zeal, but be fervent and serve. Once again, were the primary ways. Oh man, talk about this. Okay, you want to be stirred. You want to have zeal. Come sit over here with me when we singing because Miss Faye's behind me and she is blowing it up and she makes me want to jump up and down and stuff, but then I'm afraid people might get scared. Point is this, guys. Community, here, this is where that stirring happens. Here's the question. Do you have enthusiasm? Once again, only you can answer that. Six, we practice patience. Actually, there's three commands here, but that would have been an 11 point sermon. So I'm going to put them all together. All right. Let me read this to you. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Three things. All right. Rejoice in hope. What hope? Christ Jesus. We have these promises. We rejoice in them. Currently we are in tribulation. That's where we're at right now. Meaning time's tough. Time's tough. I'm fighting with this flesh. I'm doing all this stuff. But I am rejoicing in my future hope, which is, well, eternity with Christ. I am walking in currently tribulation, but at this time, I'm what? Patient. I'm rejoicing in future hope. I'm patient in my current tribulation. And while I'm doing all that, I'm to be doing what? Being constant in prayer. You see the flow? Church, that's us, that's us, that's us. Rejoice in hope, amen, yes I do. I'm currently, it's bad, that's okay. Be patient, what are you gonna do while you're being patient and you're rejoicing? We gonna pray, we gonna pray. What time of day I'm gonna pray? I'm gonna pray when I wake up, gonna pray when I walk around, gonna pray when I eat my (laughs) ice cream, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna pray. We are a people that pray. Question, do you rejoice in hope, church? Are you patient in tribulation and are you constant in prayer? Seventh mark, we give generously. Look at this, verse 13. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Okay, bring the plates out, we're passing them. I'm joking, we're not, don't get nervous. Look, we are marked by generosity though. Not just money. That's what we think about. I'm talking about your time. I'm talking about your talents. I'm talking about your gifts and your resources, all right? Everything you have from your natural abilities to your God-gifted abilities to the resources you have to the time that you've been given, right? All of that, a gift from God. World, world would sit there and say, it's all mine. We all know as Christians, none of it's yours. None of it's yours. I am a steward of the things that I have been given by God. I'm supposed to take those things that God has given me Money, yes, we talk about that. Everybody, everybody gets sensitive when you talk about money. But let's get sensitive. People get sensitive about this. What about your volunteering? What about you serving the saints? What about you getting involved? What about all of that? The totality of, the, of, 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 of you, all of it, give generously to God. Once again, where does that take place? In community. Once again, where does it take place? Right here, small group, all right? Eight. I'm having a hard time here, guys. I'm going to tell you about this. We exercise hospitality and seek to show hospitality. This is hot off the press because God's still working on me as of right now, all right? And seek to show hospitality. Everything before this was Christian community. This here is made broader. It's to the whole everybody. 
right? The Greek means pursuing the love of strangers. Now, I got some notes here that I'd go over with you. We're not gonna go over them because I gotta share this with you. I got messed up today. I got messed up today. I'm gonna tell you a story. You wanna hear the story? I'm gonna tell you the story. I haven't completely digested the whole story. Last night, yesterday, um, my family and some friends, we went camping. I like to camp, we love to camp, all right? There's a lot of places to go camping. We live in a wonderful place. What we like to do is there's an app where you can go camp on people's property. People put, like if you're a farmer and you want, you want people to camp there, they'll put their name there. Maybe you own a huge tract of land and you're like, you can use that for camping. And so you reserve these places, okay? It's wonderful. I always have a wonderful time. So we got this, um, this guy, this young guy, he has 700 acres in Pikeville, outside of Pikeville. It's got a big lake. And like, we're gonna go camp there. So we did, we, we arranged everything. Now I'm texting with this guy. He doesn't live on the property. He lives about 30 minutes outside, 40 minutes outside the property. Last night we got there, got the lake. There's a swing, I love the swing, jumping in. Got the fire, got the tents, it's lovely, all right? I wake up this morning and we eat and I jump in the water some more, but you know, we gotta go, all right? I go to start my car and my car would not start. Wouldn't start. Oh, it's the battery. Someone left the door open. I don't know. We get another car and we try to jump. Now we're in the middle of nowhere. Like, guys, like here's nowhere and like we're lost in nowhere. I mean, it's just 700 acres of nothing. The other car tries to jump us off. My car won't start. My car will not start. I don't know what to do. So I think, I only know one person out here, the guy who owns the land. So I call him and I'm like, hey, we've never talked. My name's Travis, I'm on your property and I got a problem, right? I go, my car won't start. I got no battery and it's dead. And I go, is there a place around here I can, I can buy a battery, all right? He says, listen, listen, sir. Um, he's a younger guy, early 20s, so he calls me, sir. I don't know, I'll get used to it. But anyway, he goes, sir, um, the closest place from you is about 40 minutes. I'm like, oh man. And he was, I could tell he was busy. He goes, here's what we're gonna do. He goes, I'm gonna finish this, what I'm doing. I'm gonna drive into town. I'm gonna buy you a battery. I'm gonna drive, I'm gonna come back and install it. Amen. Yeah. And I said, so, so, I go, man, I appreciate that. He said this to me. He said this to me today. He goes, I treat everyone how I wanna be treated. That's what he said to me. That's what he said to me. And I'm getting, I know the sermon I'm preaching. And I'm like, right here, right here, right here. Sure enough, about an hour and a half later, this young, he's, not, he's, he's a young guy. He, he, he's about he mid-20s. He graduated from the University of Tennessee and um, just a great guy. He comes. He, I paid him back for the, you know, the battery and um, he, he, he helps me install it. He helps me install that, man. And as he was leaving, well, the car started, by the way. You know, get started. I'm here, right? And so... He's going away, and once again, he says the same thing to me. He goes, and by the way, I didn't say this part. He got there. He's a Christian. He loves Jesus. But he was leaving, and he said once again, he goes, I treat everyone the way that I want to be treated. And he got in the car, and he left. And I thought to myself, I say that. You know what I'm saying? 
I say that. I say I treat everyone how I want to be treated, but I, I don't know. I'm not that, not like that guy. Not like him. Like, I mean, if there... No, it will, listen, I had to drive back an hour or whatever. And I'm thinking about this. Every, he didn't know who I was on that phone, right? Everyone, everyone. He treats everyone how he wants to be treated. That means, that means, no, hear me out, hear me out. You can text me later, whatever, if you don't agree with me. Doesn't matter the color of their skin. Doesn't matter, I don't know, their socioeconomic background. Everyone he treats how he wants to be treated. Doesn't matter what political party. He did not ask what I was registered as. Doesn't matter their sexual orientation. He didn't ask me if I was straight. That's hospitality, man. And I'm gonna tell you what, when that guy showed up and started telling me about Jesus, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'm a pastor, I told him. But yeah, 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 yeah. I will listen to you, sir. I will listen to you. So here's the last question. And I don't know, I thought I could answer this, but after today, I don't know if I can. Are you seeking to be hospitable? Church, Travis, do you know where you can practice hospitality? Yeah, that's right, in this church, that's right. In this small group, in this church. God has so ordained that when those whom he has saved get together and do life together and get on each other's nerves, that we become more like Christ. If you're not currently committed, let me say this, if you're not currently committed to this church and this church service, I want you to know I want you here. I want you here. I want you to be committed and I pray that you will prayerfully think about that. Two, if you're not in a small group today, I pray that you would make steps towards getting into a small group and I'll tell you once again on our way out how to do that. I love you guys. Thank you. Eight points, no caffeine. Let's pray. <laughs> Father God, thank you. Thank you for this day. We want to be marked by these marks. We want to be a Christian community. I pray that you would Take us in that direction. I pray, I pray that we would be one, radically dedicated to our church. And two, I pray that we would be crazy hospitable, that we would treat everyone with love and respect. And we would, the most loving thing is to tell people about Jesus. And we would do that. And we ask all these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale. And we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, 
We appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.